another informational resource from UK Healthcare. This is UK HealthCast, featuring conversations with our physicians and other healthcare providers. Here's Melanie Cole. According to the NIH and the American Stroke Association, stroke is a leading cause of death and disability in the United States. If you have a stroke, getting medical care as quickly as possible to help prevent death or minimize the lasting effects of stroke. It's important for you to know the signs of a possible stroke, learn your risk factors, and identify what you need to do if you suspect your loved one is having a stroke. My guest today is Dr. Justin Frazier. He's the director in the cerebrovascular surgery and the surgical director of UK Comprehensive Stroke Center. Welcome to the show, Dr. Fraser. So what is a stroke? Are there different types? And why is it so important for the Kentucky population to be informed about stroke? Well, first, thank you very much for having me today. I really appreciate that and appreciate getting the chance to help educate our community about stroke. Um, As you said, stroke is one of the leading causes of death in the United States and actually one of the leading causes of disability. Um, So the problem is that if you don't die from a stroke, oftentimes you're left seriously disabled and unable to carry out your normal activities of living. Um, And so it is a major problem um, for for our community, for the nation as a whole, and especially for Kentucky. There are several kinds of stroke. Um, They tend to be broken into two categories. The first category is something we call hemorrhagic stroke, and that simply means spontaneous bleeding in the brain, often due to high blood pressure or due to an aneurysm in the brain or other blood vessel malformations. That's a small piece of stroke, usually representing about 13 to 15% of strokes. The main type of stroke, though, is what we call the ischemic stroke. And ischemia is simply defined as lack of blood supply causing lack of oxygen and nutrients to the brain. And essentially is a blockage or narrowing or, or obstruction in one of the blood vessels that feeds the brain. And when that happens, that part of the brain starts to undergo damage. And it's that damage that most people recognize and see as a stroke. Is there a way to prevent or reduce someone's risk of stroke? Are there certain actions sure. that the general population can take to reduce their risk? Absolutely. Absolutely. Some of the main risk factors uh, in our country uh, some of them are controllable, others are not. The ones that are, you know, a patient can control are certain risk factors, such as smoking. Smoking is a huge uh, risk factor when it comes to causing hemorrhagic stroke, as well as contributing to ischemic stroke. Um, other issues that are become important are making sure that you are visiting with your primary care doctor so that they can run tests to make sure that your your blood the the aspects of your health are taken care of in a preventative way. An example of that would be making sure they monitor and control your cholesterol, making sure that if you need to be on a baby aspirin, which is a daily small dose of medication that costs pennies, but can reduce your risk of stroke in a significant way. Um, Other factors that are important, there's certainly a genetic component that you you can't control, but most things that are risk factors for stroke are things that we can impact on a daily basis. It is so important that people know their vital signs, as you say, and <laughs> see their doctors regularly, right? So, yes, yes. so does having one stroke put you at risk for another? Uh, certainly, certainly. And, and once you've had a stroke, 
it's very important to pay attention to those risk factors, to visit with your primary care doctor, to, if you have appointments, as you often would after a stroke, with a type of specialist, such as a vascular neurologist. These are neurologists or brain doctors whose specialty is helping you reduce your risk of a stroke and helping you to make sure that if you have another stroke, you know what to do, but more importantly, what things you can do to prevent the next stroke from happening. So let's talk about symptoms because we mm-hmm. know that time is brain and people need to Absolutely. understand the symptoms so that if them are, you know, are a loved one, if somebody's having yeah. something, they know what to do. Yeah. So speak about those symptoms. Sure. Before I do that, though, you did mention something that I think is absolutely critical here, and that is time is brain. And people say that, but to give you an idea of what that means, if you have a occlusion or blockage that suddenly occurs in one of the blood vessels in your brain, you can lose as many as 1.8 million neurons or brain cells for every minute that ticks by. So when people say time is brain, you know, it's a short little phrase, but it actually means something real. It means you're actually losing brain tissue as that time ticks by. So very important to know that. You asked about symptoms, though, and, and I know it's, it's hard if you've never seen a stroke patient before, known a loved one or a friend and seen them as they look, but there are some very simple things that can be done that you can take, you know, and remember uh, to try to recognize a stroke. And the acronym we like to use at University of Kentucky is called BEFAST, B-E-F-A-S-T, BEFAST. And this is what it stands for. B is balance. Meaning, is there a sudden loss of balance? Does a, does, you know, if you're sitting there with your loved one or your family member or your friend, and they have a sudden loss of balance, that's balance, that's B. Uh, e is for eyes. Do you see sudden double vision? Or is a person looking in one direction and can't move their eyes? F is for face. Can the person smile? Or is half of their face not working? R, uh, excuse me, A is for arms, and that's... Can the person move both arms, or does one arm not work, or is it weak or numb? S is for speech. Is the person having trouble speaking? Do they look at you and not understand what, what you're saying? An example of that is if you ask a certain type of person who's having a stroke that's affecting their speech, and you ask them a question, they may give you an answer, for example, but it may not make sense. But, for example, if you say, you know, is the sky blue, they might say, ball is tree. Makes absolutely no sense. But that could be an indication that they're having a stroke or a problem with their speech. The T is for time. And the time is so important. As soon as you see these symptoms, as I said before, time is brain, and you want to call 911 immediately. Don't drive the patient to the hospital yourself. It's much better to call 911. They have the ability to get the patient to the hospital as quickly as possible. So call 911, and as important is knowing when the symptoms started or when, when you saw the patient last normal. So if you're sitting there with your loved one and they suddenly have the symptoms, and you can make a note of that time. Making a note of that time is very helpful because for us as doctors, nurses, taking care of the patient, we really want to know that time. So that's why time's so important. So that's be fast. And I'm so glad that you mentioned EMS and calling 911 instead of trying to drive your loved one to the hospital because EMS has the ability to start treatment right away, correctly? 
Well, so they what they can do and what they are doing in our state is figuring out where to take the patient. Um, there are some aspects of treatment that can begin in the ambulance, but in terms of reopening the blood vessel, getting that blood vessel reopened so that that brain can get perfused again, um, we're not currently doing that in an ambulance in Kentucky. Um, but the most important role that EMS plays is triage. And what I mean by that is to come and see the patient, to diagnose the stroke at its very early moment, and to know, hey, I need to get that patient to a stroke center. And so here at UK, for example, we have ambulances that bring us patients from the surrounding community, but also from around the state. We also have uh, uh, choppers that will fly patients directly to us, you know, if an ambulance will take too long, depending upon the location of the patient. And so it, it, that's what EMS can do, and that's the most important thing they do is they evaluate the patient in a very controlled way, and we actually have a statewide protocol now that is in place that helps them figure out where should I take this patient, which hospitals have the tools, and have the accreditation necessary so that the patient can get treated in the best possible way. So let's talk about that accreditation before we even get into what happens at the ER. So what does it mean when we hear right. that UK Healthcare's Kentucky's Neuroscience Institute, they've received the Get With the Guidelines Stroke Plus Quality Achievement Award by the right. American Heart Association? So what does that mean? Well, those are two separate things, and it's important to make a distinguish, or distinction. Excuse me. So the award that you mentioned is an award for us being a excellent stroke, an outstanding stroke center for tracking our data, for taking the care of patients in the best possible way. It's, it's part of, but not really the accreditation itself. So the way hospital accreditation works for stroke, at least in our area of the country, is we go through a body called JACO, which is the Joint Commission of Hospitals. And what this is, is it's, it's essentially a, a organization that monitors and helps improve care at hospitals, and then accredits them as centers of excellence for particular diseases. In the case of stroke, there are right now three types of accreditation, and there's a fourth that is starting up. And at the most basic level, you have your acute stroke-ready hospitals. These are hospitals that oftentimes are smaller hospitals, oftentimes in communities that don't have other uh, more advanced care, and there are good points of entry for stroke. For example, if you're out in a rural community and you start having a stroke, the uh, an EMS provider can bring you to that hospital and they can start TPA, which is a clot blasting drug. Oftentimes and almost always, the patient will be transferred to a to a more advanced care facility for the rest of their stroke care. The next level is something called primary stroke centers, and these centers have neurologists, vascular neurologists that take care of stroke. They have imaging capability to look at the stroke. They can give TPA, and they monitor and track how good of a job they're doing with that, and they make sure that they try to give the drug as quickly as possible, that they have protocols in place to get the patient treated as quickly as possible. The next current level, or the highest level, if you will, is something called the Comprehensive Stroke Center. And there are four in Kentucky right now, and University of Kentucky is one of them. And this 
the the way to think about it is when it comes to stroke, the buck stops with us. We have to demonstrate on a continual basis that we can care for every single stroke patient, that we are constantly improving how we take care of our stroke patients, we achieve outstanding outcomes, and we make sure that any type of stroke, no matter how complex, no matter how complicated, we can care for. We can care for those patients 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. It doesn't matter what time you come in, you get the same type of treatment. Um, And so that's really what it's about. It doesn't mean that every patient with any kind of stroke should come to a comprehensive stroke center, but the most complex and complicated patients do need to come. And what we've designed in in Kentucky uh, through the Kentucky Board of EMS is a protocol for our EMS providers to follow so that they can decipher, hey, where does this patient need to go and how do we get them there correctly and quickly? And the idea here is we want to get patients into a treatment pathway as soon as possible. So in summary, Dr. Frazier, and wrap it up for us with your best advice about prevention of a stroke, about the Comprehensive Stroke Center of UK Healthcare, and what what people can expect as far as I know, it depends on which type of stroke, but what they can expect on life after a stroke, rehab, just kind of wrap it all up for us. I I, I, I think you're asking a great question, which is this overarching system of care, you know, the stroke system of care, which is really what we are about at University of Kentucky when it comes to this. I think if you see a patient who's having a stroke, if your loved one's having a stroke, call 911, ask to be taken to a stroke center. When you get to the Comprehensive Stroke Center, you're going to things are going to move very fast. You're going to be seeing something extremely fast unfold in terms of the care of the patient, um, in terms of treatment, in terms of determining a treatment pathway. And then the, the patient will go to an ICU, to an intensive care unit, and be monitored. We get physical therapy involved in the patient's care and occupational therapy almost immediately as soon as, it's, as, soon as they can safely uh, work with them. Oftentimes, patients might go home but need rehab at home. Oftentimes, they may go to an acute rehab facility to recover. The idea is the entire system is designed to recognize the stroke quickly, try to undo the damage, and then try to deal with whatever damage has been done and help the patient return to the community as normally as possible. Such great information and so well put, Dr. Frazier. Thank you so much for being with us today. This is UK HealthCast with the University of Kentucky HealthCare. For more information, you can go to ukhealthcare.uky.edu. That's ukhealthcare.uky.edu. Be Fast was developed by Intermountain HealthCare as an adaptation of the FAST model implemented by the American Stroke Association. Reproduced with permission from Intermountain HealthCare, copyright 2011, Intermountain HealthCare. I'm Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.